Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Transforming 45. This week, I have another live guest with me in the studio, which is super fun and exciting. I have Kim Andrews from The Good Wax Candle, which is super exciting. Kim and I met just a few weeks ago when we both did the Berry Women Show. And before the event, it turns out we had a mutual friend who saw that we had both posted saying that we were going to be there. And she said, you two need to meet. And so we met. We did. <laughs> we and did. it was great. It was great. Um, my dog Lola also appears to be participating in this week's podcast. So if you're hearing <laughs> panting, that's what it is. Um, yeah, so we had a really great connection. And it turns out we ha- also had a number of other connections that, as, as always is, right? When women end up in the same space, there's always multiple connections that happen. And we started having some really interesting conversations. So do you want to talk about the good wax? First of all, absolutely. So my business is just 18 months in, I started September, 2021. So, um, it's a pandemic hobby turned business. Um, I was working full time as a beauty manager and enjoying myself in my job, enjoying the team that I worked with and was just wanting to flex my creative muscle and try something different. And I never tried candle making. So I started to make candles and give them to neighbors and friends and family just to see how they were doing and um, just to try and brighten their day. And friends and family soon started asking me if I would sell them these candles. And I was busy working a full-time job, managing a family and a household. And I'm like, I'm too busy for this. But then I sat back and I thought about it. And a good friend of mine who owns a local business, um, she had suggested that I get a domain because I had the idea already. And she said to me, if you don't jump on this and someone else grabs it, you'll be very disappointed. So I did, I gave myself two weeks to launch my business, which brought me to September 11th, which I thought was not a great day for an anniversary for the start of a new business. But then when I met Vanessa Dewsbury, who you had on, mm-hmm. um, she actually said to me, Kim, it's actually a power number. So yeah. changed my perspective on the date. Mm-hmm. And three months into starting my business, it was just going straight up. So I gave my resignation. I was scared because I'm a very loyal worker and I was at my job for quite some time. And um, I just went in both hands, both feet and best decision ever. So um, big part of my my business is also giving back to charity. So I give 3% of all my sales back to local mental health charities. And it uh, feels great to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. And I can speak from experience. Um, her candles are beautiful. I have one on my desk right now. I'm yes. looking at it, <laughs> which I always light in is a little ritual usually before I'm starting my working day or often before I start the podcast. It has this beautiful crackling sound because of the woodwick. So I have to blow it out before I start recording. But Otherwise, you can hear it, can hear yeah. it crackling. Yeah. So if I decide to do a fireside series, oh, cool. <laughs> maybe we'll have that as a, as a sound effect in the background. Nice. Um, but yeah, they are really beautiful. Um, when we were talking at the women's show, the thing that came up, which is the theme of all of the episodes, is really about transformation, right? And what is the seed for you that was the reason you wanted to make this shift in your life? Yeah. So 
listening to a lot of podcasts myself and being a bit of a talk radio nerd, I love hearing transformation stories from other women. And for me, it was health issues. I was sort of pushing down anxiety that um, I was in denial for a really long time. And uh, it kind of reared its ugly head the most when COVID started. And I was feeling um, panicky. I developed a heart arrhythmia. I developed tinnitus or tinnitus. I know some people Mm -hmm. call it. Um, I had lost a close family member to suicide. Another family member had attempted suicide. And I lost my grandmother, who was very close to me. So Mm -hmm. I was just in not a great place. My health was not where it used to be. I kind of halted exercise because I I was worried about my heart arrhythmia. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt very shaken up uh, at the beginning of COVID. And I think for everyone, everyone's got a COVID story. Now that I tell Mm -hmm. my story to others, I hear so many other women and men too tell me about their stories and how it kind of changed their their perspective. Mm -hmm. And so for me, Uh, when I started doing the candles as a hobby and thought about giving it a go as a business, it was really to make me feel better because I wasn't feeling my Mm -hmm. best. And I knew I needed to feel better to be a good mom, to be, you know, good to myself and to just enjoy life. And so starting the business and stepping away from the retail job that I had. um, And at the time, you know, thinking what I was doing for my job, I wasn't feeling stressed the front of my mind, but my body was, my body was telling me otherwise. And so I know Lisa, you'd mentioned, I was listening mm-hmm. to your podcast about your body keeping score. You have been mm-hmm. And I totally believe it because I just felt like little things were chipping away. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted to get back to feeling the way that I used to feel. And so starting my business, I mean, it was tough at first, but it still felt really liberating and Mm -hmm. really freeing. And once I was getting some momentum and living in the space that this is really working and this is really great and I can be the manager of my day and say yes to those things that I really want to do, I started to feel better. My arrhythmia was coming around not as often, wasn't noticing the tinnitus as much. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting panic attacks. Um, I was able to rest when my body told me I needed to rest. Yeah. And so all of those things, I was just ignoring. I was pushing them down and ignoring them. And coming into my 40s, mm-hmm. you know, I want to feel my best Yeah. as I get older. And yeah. so it was kind of an awakening. It's incredible. I don't think I've had a conversation yet with a woman that hasn't had the seeds of the transformation in COVID. And in the way our physical bodies hold on to things. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad, thank you for being so honest about that because we are taught in so many ways to not listen to our bodies, to just keep pushing through, Mm -hmm. right? That quotation about just put one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And Although, yes, we do have to keep moving forward that constant narrative of no matter what's going on with you, just keep putting one foot in front of the other Mm -hmm. is really harmful in a lot of ways. And so I think when COVID came and we literally couldn't put one foot in front of the other because we had to stay in one place, I think that gave people the space to really start thinking about what it does to you to continue to push through 
even when you know that it's not the right space for you. Agreed. So my head was telling me one thing and my heart was telling me something Mm -hmm. else. And I just didn't want to push through it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just thought COVID affected everyone. And I thought, if I don't take this chance now, am I ever going to take this chance? Mm -hmm. And I wanted to tell my kids that it's okay to start over and start something new. And it's tough to leave a job that was financially secure, Mm -hmm. that you knew you could predict your pay, you could predict kind of your your life almost. Mm -hmm. And so um, this was just so liberating is the word that I use. It's Mm -hmm. really freeing and it's letting me be my authentic self. Yeah, which is what we want, right? But that, and when we're little, we know that. Yes. Right. We inherently know it. We know that you, you don't even think about it. You just show up as who you are when you're a child. And then as you get older and you have different experiences, all, all of these different things start telling you that who you are isn't enough. Mostly for women is the narrative, mm-hmm. right? That who you are isn't enough or what you want isn't really what you want. And this is what you should want. Yes. Yeah. And that's so um, foundational for most of our lives, right? So that because there's this, this is the decision that you should make, Mm -hmm. even though you know you want to make a different one. Yes. Mm -hmm. So after saying that, when I was a little girl, I wanted to illustrate children's books. I've always been a creative Mm -hmm. and my brain was telling me I need to do something that's more stable. That's more of a common job that, you know, artists, they always say struggling artists. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really want to go down that Avenue Mm -hmm. for the risk of failing. Mm -hmm. And so now that I'm able to create, I just feel like I'm, um, fulfilling that promise that that little girl had made. Yeah. 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 I wonder how this transition that's happening, I think with a lot of people right now, will start to change the pathway going forward. So you talked about wanting your kids to see that it's okay to change, yes. right? You don't, there isn't just one way. Yes. Which and, when we were kids mm-hmm. going to school, we made a plan to go post-secondary or to go study a trade you thought that is what you're going to stick with until you retire Mm -hmm. until the day you die, maybe. (laughs) And so I know now, and I'm sure most of us can see that you can take on multiple Mm -hmm. careers and multiple hobbies and, and, and you don't have to go in one direction. Most Mm -hmm. people don't. No. And so I absolutely want my kids to know that they can try different things Mm -hmm. and it's okay. I want them to try different things. Yeah. Because there's this narrative around certainty. Yes. Right. That you want to choose something that's certain that like that question all the time of, well, are you sure? Yes. Who is ever really sure? No one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No one. No. I've yet to meet someone that, you know, is that certain. Yeah. Or I might be sure in this moment, but as I grow and have new and different experiences, the sureness that I had as that version of myself Mm -hmm. is not the sureness that I have as the most recent version of myself. So many women, and probably you do too, said that 
are just too afraid to move out of that certainty to try yeah. something else. Mm -hmm. And I find it so sad, you I know? know, and I have found personally since starting my business that other women have come to me and said, like, you've inspired me to try something else. Mm -hmm. You've inspired me to leave what I was doing to pursue this that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. But what I was doing before was so secure and so certain that I didn't mm -hmm. want to take that chance. Yeah. And so I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, it is. It's really exciting to see the chain reaction that happens. And because that is what happens when you start showing up as your actual self. Mm -hmm you do start rewriting a narrative that's been entrenched for a really long time. It doesn't mean that, that that's easy though. Did you, have you found that you've had any resistance from other people in your life or um, people around you who saw you making this change yes. in evolution? Yes. Yeah. So it was, I would say 99% positive and mm -hmm. people were very much good for you. Um, I'm proud of you for doing this. You're going to do great. But there was a very small audience that was very reluctant in thinking what I was doing was a smart decision. You know, a few people mm -hmm. said to me, for sure, you're going to have to get another part-time job. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to sustain this. Um, and other people that were just shocked, like really candles, you know, everybody yeah. does candles mm -hmm. and you know, that's okay. Like yeah. there's room for everyone. Mm -hmm. And variety is the spice of life. So I do it a little bit differently. I mm -hmm. bring different elements to the table and giving back to my community was so important to me that um, I knew right out of the gate that I wanted to somehow incorporate that. So I think it doesn't, you don't have to be reinventing the wheel, but mm -hmm. if it's something that you're passionate about and you want to do it, do it. Mm -hmm. you have to listen to the naysayers and Sometimes it's hard. I mm -hmm. think that my personality naturally, I don't really listen to the negativity. I was brought up in a household that was very much, you know, follow your heart, choose your own path. Um, the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel very supported in what I'm doing, but I know that's not the case for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now talk to me a little bit about your process because you just started mentioning it a little bit about how you do things differently. And I can tell when things have a specific energetic vibration, right? Okay. So I love your candles because they have this lovely, um, there's this lovely vibration about them that's, that says this is not your average candle. So Thank tell you. me about your process. Okay. So first of all, when you have a business and you know, you're creating something that is possibly quite a common product, like a candle. Mm -hmm. I make more than candles, but I'm going to talk about candles. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to try and look to see what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, you know, just doing me and wasn't really looking outward. And then once I started going, um, you know, started looking what other people were doing and I'm like, no, I need to stay true to me. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be reflective of my product, my branding. Um, I started making candles for a few reasons. One was the hobby, but two, I didn't see a lot of transparency in the candle industry. And there's really not um, any type of government legislation that says exactly what you have to put on the label. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know exactly what I was buying in my house. So transparency is something that I really strive for in anything that I make, whether it's candles, room sprays, room diffusers, oils for diffusing. I want my customers to know everything that's in there, mm -hmm. full disclosure. Um, also for me, uh, donating to charity was 
near and dear to my heart, like I talked about. And I do choose mental health charities because I want people to feel, um, when I do markets, people will come up to me and they'll open up. Mm -hmm. When I was in beauty, people would come and talk to me almost like I was a therapist and we would have Mm -hmm. these little chats. And I love making people, more specifically women, Mm -hmm. I love to brighten their day. I love to make them feel comfortable and welcome. And I feel like it does that, that charity portion kind of ties in with the community so well. And I love that it opens up conversations with people. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as I love making and selling my products, I just as much love listening to people's stories. Mm -hmm. And if it's a charity that they've used before or charity that they know of or family members used, I love to know that my my donations are going to a very good cause mm-hmm. too yeah and my scents and the names of my candles i find are all a little bit different mm-hmm. um, i like to name all of my candles with a positive message so that they make you feel good while you're reading it while you're burning it and a lot of them have a personal story mm-hmm. so if i can get into that for a second yeah please um, do and they ended up being some of my best sellers yeah which is great because people really can relate to them so one of my best sellers is called sunshine for the soul and that one is a sweet brazilian orange and vanilla which mm-hmm. are the scents i really love mm-hmm. and so for me when i named that candle it was just something my business was making me feel really good it was mm-hmm. filling my soul bucket and so that name just kind of stuck and i love that when people come and they purchase it they'll say to me you know my sister and my friend was going through a really hard time and so i chose this candle for the name mm-hmm. and it's now her favorite candle mm-hmm. and then another candle that is my one of my best sellers is called fresh start and so mm-hmm. that one is a eucalyptus and lemongrass essential oil candle and mm-hmm. i made that one after my sister was going through a change in her life and so it was like she was having a fresh start. Yeah. And so a lot of people, when they purchase it, will share stories with me that they bought it for someone who is maybe going through a tough time in their life or maybe a divorce. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they were moving away and starting over again. So I love just that connectedness that I have with people through my products. Yeah, because it's not it's never just the thing. It's never just the product, right? There's always, when something is created with really beautiful intention, there's always an emotion, there's emotion that goes with it, right? So, you know, I will often joke about, you know, the self-care, just light a candle, blah, blah, (laughs) However, there is something in that moment of slowing down. Yes. So it's like the candle is the container mm-hmm. of giving you that moment to slow down, give yourself a moment just to stop and to breathe and to be present with yourself. Mm-hmm. And often we don't, we don't often make that time for ourselves no. <laughs> <laughs> and we need something to gather around and that's kind of how I feel like your candles work for me anyway and I hear that women Mm -hmm. will send me emails and messages and they'll say to me I just want you to know how much your little candle has brightened my day yeah or they'll put it on a workspace like on a a table on a desk Mm -hmm. whether they're working from home well I think it is mostly working from home I don't know many workplaces that would actually like a candle no but maybe maybe in the future open-minded businesses um, but I love that. 
Mm -hmm. And the crackling of the woodwick, you have to be quiet to listen to it. So Mm -hmm. I find a lot of my customers will share with me, you know, when it's quiet and I can read a book or draw a bath Mm -hmm. um, and just how much enjoyment they get makes me feel so good. Yeah. And it's that sensory experience because there is the woodwick that you can hear crackling. There is a lovely scent. There is that beautiful glow also that's different from a woodwick than from from a cotton wick. It does. It flickers like a little fire. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Like a uh, like a campfire. Almost. Yes, and there's something really inherent in us that we love fire, yes. right? We love that. We love that light. Yeah, that where you can hear that crackle, and so it also helps us reconnect to our bodies. Mm-hmm. Where when we're in our day rushing through, we, it's so easy to disconnect, and this is a really nice way of creating a connection point. Yes. Yeah, that was well said. Thanks, Lisa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, so I know that you also are are really intentional around environmentalism. Yes. In how you're creating your work. So yes. do you want to chat yes, about that? Absolutely. So I really, it was really important to me. It still is very important to me to source ingredients that I know are circular, that are mm. low waste, um, non-toxic, um, sustainable practices, growing, harvesting. So why I chose coconut wax, uh, I know many people are familiar with soy wax mm-hmm. and I searched high and low to get a non-GMO soy wax. Fortunately, the non-GMO soy is reserved for food and other products that we ingest. So um, I thought I need to incorporate a wax that I know is going to be the cleanest that I can find. So I choose coconut wax for a couple reasons. Mm -hmm. So all coconut wax is non-GMO. The shell of the coconut is so hard that you don't need to use herbicides and pesticides, Mm, which is great. Mm -hmm. So going forward, when you're buying anything from coconut oil, just know that they're all non-GMO. To the best of my knowledge. Yeah. Um, the coconut wax as well, you don't need a lot of fruit to produce a lot of wax. The trees can live as long as 80 to 90 years old. Mm-hmm. So you're not over harvesting. Um, it's a very sustainable wax. So that was really cool and super important. And for anyone that doesn't like the smell of coconuts, coconut wax does not smell. Mm-hmm. So it's very neutral scented. Um it also burns slower than soy wax. So I, I do have to mention, okay. I do blend it with soy mm-hmm. because if I was just using coconut, because I do outdoor markets in the summer, right. it would turn into coconut soup if I brought it inside. So <laughs> I do make, make my own recipe. Um, so I blend the coconut with the soy. Mm-hmm. And then in the summer, I have to blend a little bit more soy with the coconut. And so depending on the season, yeah, your candles, ladies and gentlemen, are different depending on what season you're buying them a little bit. Um, Coconut wax burns slower than soy. Um, and because I'm using vegetable waxes, they're notorious for not throwing the scent. So scent throw is what you smell when your candle's burning. Mm-hmm. Cold throw is what you smell from a candle when you go to the store and you're just sniff testing them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two different vocabularies for that. And when you're burning a natural, clean vegetable wax candle, sometimes you're not getting that same scent throw that you get from a paraffin candle. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I chose woodwick because woodwicks burn 30% hotter than cotton wicks. So it actually will help disperse the scent better in your environment. But also 
you get that beautiful crackling sound. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I chose those. Um, with my glass, I do offer a 10% off if you return your glass to me because I also like to keep them out of the landfill. Mm -hmm. And I did find out through lots of research that when you go and put your candle glass in your recycling bin, thinking that you're going to do a great job by recycling it, it actually doesn't get recycled. Mm -hmm. It goes to the sorting facility and it gets put in the trash. Mm -hmm. So, you know, upcycling it, finding different ways to use your glass. My clear glass are whiskey tumblers. So even I though that. I don't drink, but you know, you can make anything really. Yeah. You can drink water out of it. You can make, you can put lemonade, whatever you want in there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in hopes that people will reuse the glass is my hope. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. yeah, that's my great. lid options. I use uh, bamboo, wood, cork, and metal. Mm -hmm. So metal can be recycled and the other two can be reused or you can even throw them in your compost. Mm -hmm. um, and then going forward with my uh, other glasses that I make my sprays and my re-diffusers and everything else that are, they're beautiful to reuse. Mm -hmm. All of my oils that I source, I source the highest quality. So my essential oils are all veg certified. Uh, kosher certified. They're tested for herbicides, pesticides, and I do use a few organic essential oils as well. Mm -hmm. And then all of my fragrance oils are phthalate free and paraben free. And again, I try and source from the best place possible. I purchase all of my fragrances from Canadian wholesalers. So I try and keep it close mm -hmm. to home, keep the dollar bills here. Yeah. Um, my wood wicks are untreated fruit tree wicks and even a little okay. booster. So if you look closely at your candle, if you have one, mm -hmm. um, there's a little booster that runs right down the center and that's attached with a fruit or a, sorry, a tree resin. So oh, okay. it's all very, very clean. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. So <laughs> there's, the more you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's fascinating. <laughs> and I love to educate. So that's my other goal is to just educate my customers on why it's good to be purchasing and burning candles mm -hmm. that are cleaner options um, you know, getting into your HVAC system and right. inhaling it, you know, even though you're not ingesting it, you are inhaling mm -hmm. it and it's going into your lungs. So uh, it was very important to me. It's always very important to me to use things that are clean for your home, sustainable, eco-friendly. That will always be my mission. It's amazing. So, so many things I'm learning from you, which is exciting. I thought I knew a lot about candles. Turns out I know <laughs> nothing <laughs> about candles, especially when it comes to creating them in a really sustainable way. So earlier you had talked about knowing that it was time to make a change because your body was telling you so. What are the things that you really notice start to come up for you when you are starting to feel burnout? Because I think so many people are experiencing that in this time mm -hmm. and it looks different for everybody, but I think the more we can talk about what burnout really looks like and feels like, the more we can help people be aware of what it feels like for them. Sure. And I had many symptoms, mm -hmm. but you know, sometimes I thought it was my age it was just natural. Everyone mm. feels like this once in a while. Mm -hmm. I'm busy and being busy means you're going to feel this way, but it was, it was compounding symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling, um, aggravated, frustrated. I had a short temper I found, especially with my kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I was resentful of other people that were having so much free time 
and doing things they loved. And it's like, well, I can't do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, as I touched on anxiety. So I found for me, when I start to feel burnout, um, physically, I suffer from a lot of panic. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just, I get overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed um, with sound, Mm -hmm. with light, um, with movement, with all of those things. And for me, that's what burnout feels like, mm-hmm. um, where I need to like go into a room where it's quiet, lay down where it's dark, and just I feel very overstimulated. Mm-hmm. Um, also, binge eating, eating the wrong things, craving mm-hmm. sugar, just not having energy, not wanting to do anything. And I know I'm naturally an energetic mm-hmm. person, and I feel my best when my body is fluid and moving and active and doing those things that I really love doing. Um, I wasn't going out and getting regular exercise and walks and fresh air, mm-hmm. um, you know, late night cravings, um, just all of those things. I just, I was just feeling so many different things at once. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe it's my hormones. Maybe I'm, I'm imbalanced. I started mm-hmm. to see different health practitioners. I saw uh, naturopaths. I went and saw osteopaths. And that was really awakening for me mm-hmm. because a lot of them were telling me like, Kim, this is signs of stress. This is signs mm-hmm. of burnout. This is signs of you're doing too much. Mm-hmm. You need to just scale it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see a medical doctor and they wanted to put me years ago on antidepressants and mm-hmm. I didn't want to start taking pills. I wasn't feeling sad. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was feeling. And I think that was a whole journey in itself mm-hmm. that it took me five years to get to the point where I feel like I was managing this well. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps as well, being a mom and a woman, I didn't want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I thought I can do this myself. It's going to get better. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep doing the things I'm doing and it's all, it's all going to go away. Mm-hmm. And so getting the help and talking about it too. Mm-hmm. So at first I had a really hard time talking about it. It was okay with friends and family, but when I was at work and I wasn't feeling my best, mm-hmm. I didn't want to open up to my colleagues because I thought it was going to show a sign of weakness Mm -hmm. to them as a leader and Mm -hmm. a boss. And I didn't want to burden them with my problems. And now I know the opposite is true. There's nothing to be ashamed of. If anything, sharing how I'm feeling is empowering and it makes me feel even better. Mm -hmm. And to know that there's so many other women out there that feel the same, that go through the same thing Mm -hmm. is just has that comfort in my heart to know that I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. So getting help, going to see an osteopath, if Mm -hmm. if whoever's listening has never seen one, they're just amazing. And they opened my eyes to trying different things, um, the naturopath as well. Mm -hmm. But getting on the right path of sleep and rest and having the awareness to know what my limitations are. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a new business too, that was hard. So I went from not wanting to do the job I was doing anymore because this was taking off. Mm -hmm. But there was a short time period where I was doing both. So I was working 40 hours at my job Mm -hmm. and I was doing my new business. I was working on candles and I'd launched my website and I just started wholesaling. Mm -hmm. And my daughter was resentful of my business. You know, I hate this business, mom. You're so busy. I never see you. Mm -hmm. And then I started to fall into the same feelings I was having before. And I thought, you know, I didn't start this Mm -hmm. to feel this way. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I let go of my other job and just kind of went for it with my business. Um, And it takes a while to get a groove because 
I was getting very busy and I was feeling close to burnout actually just before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I made a promise to myself that I need, I need to ask for help because I'm the type of person, no, I'm good. I can do it by myself. No, thank you. I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want to get the help. Now I have a part-time student that Mm -hmm. is working with me and I know what my limitations are. I know what I'm going to say no to. I know what I'm going to say yes to, but it's also a big learning curve and a learning process, but yeah. Learning to say no is such uh, an empowering lesson. Yes, and it's tough. Mm -hmm. I am the type of person that I find it very difficult to say no. Mm -hmm. And in my past career, I was a yes person. Mm -hmm. I would hardly say no to anything. And um, that is a promise to myself that I'm learning the word no Mm -hmm. and only saying yes when it's a hell yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm stealing that from a business that I visited. It was on a board at the yoga barn and spa. That oh, like okay. That. Yeah. Um, I was in there doing a market and Christy, the lovely owner, she had that written on a board. I only say yes when it's a hell yes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that is a great mantra. I'm just going to park that somewhere in my brain and going forward. That is something that's a great rule to follow. Yeah, absolutely. That is a really good rule to follow because if it's not that it's a no. Yes. Really. But we force ourselves into doing all those things because we think that we should. And I'm the type of person that, and I'm sure a lot of us are like this, that I don't want to disappoint anyone. You know, I I have a personality that I I like to be liked Mm -hmm. and I don't want to let anybody down Mm -hmm. and learning to say no and learning that it's okay. If it upsets someone, they're going to get over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And the reality is like, they might have that thought in the moment, but everybody's so busy living their lives because this is something that I am still struggling with, to be quite honest, the walking away from a career, right. Mm -hmm. That I did for 20 years. I write this narrative in my head that people are disappointed in me, that I gave up that I didn't give it everything that I should have, that I had, like I'd committed all this time, I committed all of this schooling, I committed all of these additional qualifications. And I was a really good teacher. And it wasn't who I was anymore. Yes. But because we are who we are in many cases and wanting to be all things for all people. Yes. Walking away does mean accepting the consequences of that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because as much as I am freer and healthier and I don't regret that choice at all, the consequences that I face are relationships shift and change. Yes. And it's not easy and it's okay. Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. I feel exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And when we show up as our actual selves, so you were talking about before not wanting to share your emotions with the team of people Mm -hmm. that you were leading, but when you do, but when we actually do that, when we are actually authentic and show I'm a human being that creates trust. It does. Yeah. And connectedness. Mm -hmm. And when I eventually did open up to my colleagues it was a helping hand. It was a hug. Mm -hmm. It was an ear to listen. And it felt incredible. And it's like, why didn't I do this 
years before. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a lot of fear attached to opening up and being transparent. Mm -hmm. So there's also leader, like there's um, different leadership structures, right? So in our North American society, power over is the most recognized, I want to say, version of leadership, right? Mm -hmm. Where there's one person who's the leader and that person holds the power over everybody else. Mm -hmm. But what we know is actually the more effective form of leadership is power with. Yes. Is when you are sharing that power with other people so that there is an exchange so that they feel like they also hold power absolutely to make a change in the work that they're doing in the community that they live in. So it's not one person holding all of that. A good to me, the best leaders I've ever worked with are the people who just make space for everybody else to shine. Yes. For everyone else to do the things that they are best at and then weaving all of that together to make this magic. Yeah. And I even had a hard time going into a managerial role as the title Mm -hmm. because I felt like we're all equal Mm -hmm. and we're all sharing the responsibility. And I was very fortunate that I worked in a workplace that gave me quite a bit of autonomy and I had great leaders that I worked with, but I had been in situations in past jobs where it was a very domineering managerial style. Mm -hmm. And I promised I would never, ever have that sort of managerial style. And I agree, you know, when you have a type of manager leader who is equal and, you know, on the same level as you and really letting everyone else shine Mm -hmm. and be really a part of what you're building together, it's the best environment for a workplace. Mm -hmm. And that camaraderie I miss mm-hmm. because I'm working by myself in my studio. But <laughs> when, I go, yeah. I, when I go out and I do markets and I get to meet other people, um, I love that. I love connecting with others. And I hope that one day, I mean, I know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's, I see it in my path mm-hmm. that I will have employees and I want to be able to build that community in my business mm-hmm. um, and have people that feel like partners, not that they're the staff and I'm the owner manager. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm excited for that next milestone. Yeah. Yeah. That's really exciting. And that's when you start also taking those lessons that you learned earlier so that you can apply them around for yourself, how to not go back into that cycle of burnout and how to make a space for people where they know that they're valued and so that they don't have to get into that space as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, thanks so much for being here today. Well, thanks for having me, Lisa. Yeah, this is great. It was really was fun. fun. It yeah. was really fun. One of the beautiful things about doing this podcast is getting to connect with the amazing women who are doing really great things in our community. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really have any idea before. I started doing this work and started making a few connections. You are, you're doing some interesting work in the community as well around helping other women grow businesses, right? Yes. Yeah. So I find I get a lot of messages and emails to kind of help um, mentor or Mm. just in general, they want to know, you know, can you seem to be doing quite well? Can I ask you a few questions? Can I bounce some ideas off you? Mm -hmm. Which is great because I'd love to help. Um, and yes, I, uh, I did a speed networking 
event. That was really fun. Okay. That was through Wine Women Wellbeing um, in Penetang. So you got to meet other women in business and kind of give each other little hints and tips and tricks. And that was so fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing another event coming up with Local Street and also um, one of the ladies that heads Huronian Arts and Crafts, so Kempen Fest. Okay. We're doing a an event and I'm trying to pull it to the front of my brain, the name of the event, because I've always got so much going on. Um, how to bring your business to market. So if you were going to be going to uh, an actual live market, so there's a panel of other businesses. I was asked to be on the panel and it's a Zoom uh, call, a Zoom seminar. And so we can help out with tips and tricks and uh, how to um, best set up your displays and your marketing and your pricing strategy and all those things. So to be such a new business and get asked to do that, Mm -hmm. I'm so flattered. Um, And it's just, it's really fun. I love to share knowledge and, uh, you know, I, one person went sent to me when I first started my business and she was also a candle maker. She's not doing candles anymore, but she's like, Kim, it's not competition. It's co-opetition. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. That, um, I just love to be able to help others and other people help me and I want to kind of pay it forward and do the same for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for all of these other ventures that sort of have branched off from my business. And uh, who knows what's going to happen the rest of the year. Yeah, that's really, that's really exciting and such an exciting place to be from. So thank you for sharing your light with us today. I so appreciate it. And I can't wait to see what happens next for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending time with me today. It means so much to me that you give space for these conversations and these stories in your life. That's the goal of this podcast is to build heart and soul and thinking connections. And I can't share how grateful I am to you for giving time for this. Please rate, review, share this podcast It means so much to me when I hear back from listeners. Uh, If you scroll down in the description, you'll see a spot where you can send in uh, voice notes. You can also message me directly on my Facebook page or on Instagram. Your thoughts mean so much to me, and I am so grateful when you share them. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the Lean In community. Lots of love. I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interviews. Electric acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast.
Future Cast.